Welcome to City on a Hill Gaming, actual play podcast. We hope you enjoy our episode. Welcome back to City on a Hill Gaming. I am Ryan. I am I am not your game master tonight. That is not what we're doing here. We're going to do something different. Um, very different from what we've done before, but that's fine. We've played we've played things that did not have Dungeons and or Dragons in the name in the past. We're going to do that thing again. Um, so we'll go around. I tell you what. Um, we'll go around the table and everyone do uh, in, introduce yourself. What what thing people might know you from, and then uh, I guess character name, and we'll go from there. You can actually do your sentence. Oh yeah, you know what? Do the sentence. Yeah. So that's a thing. So we're playing Numenera, and Numenera gives you a sent. What is this considered, Mike? Like, what's the the phrasing? Mike Pern is here. I I buried the lead on that one. My character, to to boil down character creation to its very simplest form, character creation is a sentence. It is a descriptor a type and a focus the descriptor is how you act the type is the sort of person you are and the focus is the kind of crazy stuff you can do so we'll go we'll go that way with it um we'll we'll go um latest in the evening first so uh so steven go for it oh Technically, it's the morning for me now. That's true. As it's just coming up to 1 a.m. Um, but I am Stephen. You may know me from Games for All, though I've not really posted much there lately. Um, and I am playing Tamkeen Deimos. He is a graceful glaive who controls gravity. Ooh, I like how that sounds. Um, okay, so... I believe the typical phrase, uh, uh, what I'm going to go with here, is uh, he puts the East Coast in from the West Coast to the East Coast and deep in the heart of Texas. It's Mike Fraley. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Mike. You may recognize me from the Geek at Arms podcast. And I am playing Landis Barnes, who is a charming Jack who works miracles. Uh, we'll go next um, to the West Coast um, to beard friend who helps me make podcast uh justin justin uh, my character is braithwaite he's an intelligent nano who talks to machines after being stuck in a vending machine for multiple years <laughs> uh, okay we're just gonna go only with the it. i like only it. the first part of that is from the book oh, i'm okay. super excited i'm super excited about the second part too though there's a backstory there. What, I want to find out what vending machines are like now. That's yeah. what I want to find out. Hmm. What is it? Does it have surge still? <laughs> does, it, does it still have or Dunkaroos? Because I can't get Dunkaroos anymore either. Um, and then uh, I, I believe he's widely considered to be. I may be mistaken about this. Um, one of the one of the DMs at uh, Inroads Ministries. It's Jeff Romo. Hey everybody! It has been a it has been a long time since uh, since I've been on the airwaves here, uh, but uh, work and life and tide have uh, conspired against such things, but I am very excited to be here. Uh, I will be playing Alder Bracing. He is a strong grave. No, that's not it. He's a strong glaive. Strong grave, I guess. <laughs> he might be in a grave. I don't know. He's pretty old. You put people in graves. Yeah, maybe that's Jeez. what it is. <laughs> Uh, Alder Bracing. I've, I've seen his sheet. It's true. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. 
Uh, Alder Bracing, strong glaive who masters weapons. Um, I guess I'll do mine. Uh, I am Thos Elwain, uh, and I am a graceful glaive who hunts. And then um, you've already heard him. I've already introduced him. The man behind the Morgan Bible, it's Mike. Mike Perna. I'm Mike Perna, and I'm everyone else in the world. He's literally all of the everything else you will hear this evening. Um, so this is this is Newman era, and that is the extent of my responsibilities for introductions. Mike, this is yours now. <laughs> I was basically asked, "Hey, Mike, we want to do something different on the podcast and run Newman era. Can do you know anybody who would run that?" And I almost think that question was, you know. I could practically feel the dripping sarcasm on that as the text came across my computer screen. I said, well, yes, I might know someone. Uh, it, the Cypher system is only my favorite game system, and Numenera is one of my favorite game settings. I might know somebody. To be fair, it was a genuine question when I asked it. You were just <laughs> the first, but I'm like, Perna knows someone. I know Perna knows someone who can do this. Yeah. And your response, I believe, was just me, question mark, and I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Got it. So, uh, because of the fact that most of these gentlemen have never seen Numenera before, I'm super excited about that. Uh, the only person who did was Jeff, who got me for about two sessions before that game exploded. So, uh, I'm happy to come in and do this one shot, which it's up to Ryan whether or not this is one one episode or stretched across multiple, but Don't it is a one me. shot. <laughs> Um, but as of right now, I am introducing these people to the ninth world, and thus it's my responsibility to introduce you folks who are listening as well. I will try to be brief because most of the stuff that I'm going to explain, I'll probably end, to exp end up explaining to these guys as well because they are have only read about it to this point. But uh, Numenera is set on Earth. It is actually on Earth, but before you go thinking, Gosh, I'm going to be really familiar with all these things. It's Earth one billion years in the future. Uh, if all of, hum of, of global culture from the beginning to now is considered the first world, this is the ninth world. So we're not talking like one nation rose and fell. We're talking about all nations rose and fell nine times. And not every one of them was human. And... You've just, you'll discover that this is a world that is a sci-fi world, but it's the science fiction in the way that really leans hard into that trope of technology will continue to advance so far until it looks like magic. And that is exactly what's happening here. You will see guys do crazy things in this game. It will feel like magic. Uh, it is entirely run by nanomachines. Uh, they don't know which world created the nanomachines that flooded the earth but it they are everywhere and some people just know how to harness them better uh a few things that will be up front that are important to know uh, i as the dm will be rolling absolutely zero dice tonight uh this is a system that that runs off of target numbers uh the, these gentlemen have various things that will either make those target numbers harder to reach or easier to reach. But at the end of the day, it is target number. Um, there are going to be some interesting little tidbits along the way as to how that works. Uh, combat is definitely a different flavor than anything you'll see in a D&D &D game. And uh, pretty much 
yeah, it's going to be a fun world. It's a weird world. And knowing the gentlemen that are, are signed up for this game, I look forward to exploring that weirdness with them. <laughs> Before we begin, do you guys have anything that, that you want to do? If you didn't hear the teaser that I put out uh, that Jeff Romo and I concocted, the whole idea was, was that uh, all of you guys are, your relationship is either you have literally declared yourself as a mentee of, of Alder Bracing, or you're just somebody that you guys do work together a lot. A friend of Alder's reached out to him and said, dude, I need help. I, I know that it's asking a lot, but I, I need you to come down here. And Alder basically said, yeah, we'll rally. The boys will come down. Uh, you have found yourself in Seshar, which is a desert. Uh, it is in, in the area known as the beyond. So if, if one thing that I'll mention is the difference between the steadfast and the beyond, the steadfast is all of the different areas, the different cities, the different nations, as it were, uh, that are basically considered the civilized world. The beyond is just its wilderness. And Seshar is, is on the Eastern, uh, the Southeastern part of the beyond it uh it shows up as mostly just empty desert the only thing that has has kind of built up anything that there is any kind of survivable city in here is a series of canals that have lasted since who knows when people don't even know who built them there are actually like weird kind of runic letters carved into the walls of the canal that no one knows how to translate. They don't know what they mean. They don't know what they symbolize. They're just part of the atmosphere. There are also just like buildings and cities all carved into the side of these walls that tower over the canals. Um, before I begin with what, how I want to really open up this world, is there anything that you guys have a question about before I let loose? No, sir. All right. So Damish is a good man, not always a kind man and certainly not a smart man, but a good man. It's actually that reason that Alder, that's why you do what you do for him, what you've done, why you take care of his son. Um, you've seen what sort of things happen to good men when they are pushed to their breaking point, especially when someone has ill intentions on their child. Uh, after hearing word that Damish had potentially gotten himself into trouble, you knew it was time to ride out for your friend. And as part of the crew, the rest of you just kind of sallied forth with him. When you meet Damish, he is, he is in uh, a, a port city along the canals uh, of Quintus. It is a place where the two of them have met before. Uh, Quintus is not that special a place and really there's nothing that draws your attention there. You are here on business and you find Damish's ship waiting there at the port. Uh, for those of you who are just meeting Damish right now, the name of his boat called the Wayfinder might seem a, a bit ostentatious for something that just, just goes up and down the canals. But Alder, you've, you've known this man for a long time. And you know that this eight-foot cruiser uh, with its synth sails used to carve up and down the coasts of the single sea, both coasts of the single sea. 
it's only been the last handful of years that he's limited himself to the canal trips and supply runs between the steadfast and, and the various cities in Seshar. Um, before we do any kind of, of meet and greet, as you guys walk up and you are seeing this beefy sort of dude, he's kind of, he's kind of gray around the edges. You can tell that he's seen some things. Um, before you even have the chance to interact with him, I want everybody to do a role, an intellect role for uh, perception. So if you have any kind of asset that has to do with perception or viewing viewing things, um, there's a couple things I'm going to do here. I will tell you that there's one piece of information that Alder and Braithwaite are going to get just as routine. You will know this. But there is something else, so you'll want to roll again anyway. So roll a d20. Okay, so I've got a tick mark on T under perception. So that is that means you are trained. That means your target number is actually one degree less, uh, because the one the the first thing you already have. I'm going to tell you that to get the the second piece of information, you'd need to roll an 18 normally. You only have to roll a 15 or higher because you are trained in perception. I got well, a 16. Tom is not paying any attention. He will I will do two. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're like, this place is pretty. Uh, Foss rolled an eight, and she's just looking for masks to climb, because all this being on the ground is nonsense. Yeah, I also rolled an eight, though I do have an edge in intellect. Uh, that would mean if you wanted to use effort, which is something that you can do to lower the target, it would cost you two points of intellect. Ah, uh, I think I'm so it, just going to say it's up with to you head. whether you want to do that. I think that maybe I'm going to have something higher stakes later on. Just guessing. Okay. I did. I did get a 16. So I okay. So you're you're going to get everything. So uh, like old as um, I'm just trying to pay attention to these kids right now. So I'm making sure that the little one here doesn't try and climb up into the sails. And, uh, <laughs> just uh, meeting up with my old friend. So I'm not really on guard here and not trying to look out for something that maybe I should be. Okay. So. Because I rolled a four. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, so Alder, Braithwaite, and anyone who rolled higher than nine. Uh, you're going to notice that while it's not uncommon to see people who have like mechanical limbs, I mean, Braithwaite alone, your stuff isn't necessarily showing, but as a nano, you've had mechanical work done. That's how you interact with machines as well as you do. So it's not uncommon to see mechanical limbs, but Danish's leg is, it's not great. Like this is not, good replacement limb like yes it is covered with a layer of synthetic flesh but there's no color matching so it's obviously a different color than the rest of his body uh every once in a while you'll notice even as he's just there waving to greet you as you come down the pier uh you're noticing that he has to like thump it to stop it from locking up uh he's told so many different stories of how he lost the leg that even Alder can't tell what the real one is. But one thing that you notice is the fact that 
he didn't have enough money to get a good one. So you, you piece together that it's probably not just old age that is limiting him to canal runs. He's you're pretty sure that he does not move around as well as he used to. Uh, I think the only person who catches this next one is Braithwaite because with his training, you, you beat the number, uh, you get on the ship, you say your hellos, but you just want to get used to the, the, the ship and the environment. Um, you start just walking around. It's not a big ship, so there's not a ton of places to go, but just to, in, under the auspices of, I'm, I'm getting used to, I, I find, need to find out where I'm going to be, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to take care of. Um, you wander around and you start noticing that you wonder if everything that Damish does is entirely above board because his ship is full of smuggler holes. Not all of them have anything in them right now. But they're everywhere. <laughs> um, you also notice that there is a big, you, you can't, without being obvious, you can't tell what's underneath it, but there is a giant tarped mechanism at the front of this boat. Without being obvious, you don't know what it is, but you're also pretty sure that something crazy is under that tarp. So I can uh, interact with machines from a distance. So, you can, um, but the, but one thing you can do is is that you'd have to know how to operate it. Not okay. knowing what it is, I'm not going to tell you you can't. I'm going to tell you it's going to be a very high target number. I'm going to say it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a 21 target number. Okay. You'd need to find some either some effort or some assets to to. Because because you're doing it blind, right? So uh, I I don't want to turn it on because you know it could be, you know, a nuclear cannon or something. But I do have electrical machines and uh, perception, so I just kind of want to see like if I can get any clue of what it is, even if it's just a general. Idea. So you're not you're not necessarily trying to use whatever is under there. You just want to get a vibe of what it is. Yeah. Uh, you get the vibe that it is, it is something that um, in and of itself right now is pretty much inert. There's, it's not on, it's not doing anything at this moment, whatever it's supposed to do, it's not doing right now. Nope. That's an inactive machine. Yes. All right. And I will, uh, as I notice these uh, smuggler holes, I will, Try to remember where somewhere that I could fit in if I had, <laughs> if if need be. <laughs> so at this point, you know you've you've been greeted onto the ship, and uh, Damish he only knows Alder. He knows that Alder comes with a posse, but as the, as all of you kind of shuffle in, he's kind of like, uh, "Hello, uh, welcome welcome to the Wayfinder. Hello, hello." And then he then Alder comes up and he's like, "Alder." The old law dog. How you doing, brother? Uh, it's been quite a while, hasn't it now? You uh, seem to be walking upright, and that's, uh, that's about all we can ask for these days, huh? Uh, I, <laughs> some days, and he literally, like, tongue, tongue, like, you can actually hear tongue, tongue. 
<laughs> Sometimes that is all we got. I said, I'm still walking now. I'll maybe be walking tomorrow. Let's see what happens two weeks from now. Where's your boy at? Is he coming with us? No, he's he's at home taking care of things. Uh, he's being a good boy, though. So you don't have to worry about that. He's being a good boy. That's good to hear. Good to hear. So, uh, Alda, did you did you tell the rest of them what what's going on here? I've told them that they're here to help, and uh, it's an opportunity to see the world a bit more. That's about all. Okay. Well, you folks are basically, and he he kind of like hoists himself up on a crate, and he he he's real. He's a big man and he holds his arms out big. Like he wants to make sure that everyone knows I'm the captain here. I'm the big man on this ship, literally and figuratively. Please don't mess around with me. And so uh, he goes, here's the deal. I usually uh, hire some guards just because, because life on the canal can be crazy. Uh, There, there are some people that are on the, on the river that, really care more about what's on what's in my cargo hold than any of us running this boat. So for that, I'm just hoping that I, I pay you folks for, for not much. Uh, there is on this particular run, there's a reason why I didn't just hire some, some local thugs. Uh, I called in some specialties because I, uh, I up and took a job for some some aeon priests uh who are heading down to redstone and um i one i i don't i never know what to do with the aeon priests uh they're 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 kind of off but they pay well um i haven't heard from them since they put in the order i it may be nothing they may just be you know, doing what they do, but it just, it doesn't feel right. And I, uh, I just kind of want some people I can trust to take care of things. Out of character, does Aeon Priest mean anything to me specifically? Um, none of you would have necessarily here, just, (laughs) just roll some, uh, I see Mike. Mike, do you have something that you want to share with the class? The Aeon Priest do mean something to me. Uh, well, not me as Mike, but me as as Landis Barnes. Right. Uh, so once we get to that point, we'll we'll once we get the OOC stuff out of the way, then 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 Landis will chime in. Aeon Priests, out of character, are an organization that basically believes that ciphers and numenera are to be best used for the people they're not like necessarily a religious order uh they've just kind of taken on the idea of priesthood um they they do uh have some kind of ritual to what they do but mostly they are about the business of taking care of people and making sure that the numeneras are not just only the rich and powerful get to keep them, but they're used to the betterment of, of society.
Is is that sufficient for you? Yes, yes. If, if you want, I will let you just roll a d20, and if you roll high, I'm going to say that that you've you've met them before. I don't. Okay, <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> okay, that that's more than enough in general. Okay, to give me give me an idea of what I'm working with. That's fine. I can work with that. Okay. Would would Alder have had any reason to? be involved with them you know like if any of his law enforcement duties would have said hey i picked up this guy and he had these artifacts i might as well turn him over to the right authorities or i don't know is that a thing? based on based on what you've told me of alder's background i'm gonna let you tell me if alder has interacted with uh aeon priests before so alder uh, considers the the news for a moment and he's He's pleased to to hear that Damish is involving himself with with somebody like that or the, a group like that. Um, he's not terribly surprised that they're a little mysterious, just because they think on a different level that Alder can even begin to understand and doesn't even try. <laughs> but he has he's dealt with one particular Ion priest in the past where they were. Uh, looking into something, this was probably 30 years ago, back when he was a little bit healthier in Hale. He uh, um, doing investigations on a, a, a string of disappearances in a particular area of the beyond, and, uh, uh, and this particular Iron priest was it was interested as well because it looked like somebody was using a particular artifact to make it happen. So. He helped me with this investigation. Well, I found out later I was just helping him. Um, I was just a, an instrument to be used, which I was okay with. I got somebody dirty off the streets, and that was fine with me. So, he's overall he he he's uh he's got a nod of satisfaction to the news. Uh, he's glad to hear it, and maybe using uh using some of uh, Damage's old talents to to a better uh, better direction. Do you have any idea if Brother Darius happened to be to be with the Aeon priest there uh, last you last you heard, or is he still out in the beyond? Uh, he kind of has that just a look of confusion, like he's thinking. I dare dare Darius, you said. That's what I said. You got it. So he starts looking over like some old or he kind of shuffles off through off of his crate looks at, at a, a manifest and he goes nah i don't think he's stationed here i don't know where he is is he one of those wanderers he finds himself in and out of the beyond so 50 50 whether he's whether he's with the order or if he's off doing his own mission okay so i'm gonna tell you that he might be there if he's traveling but he's not on any of my paperwork. Is it somebody you run? Somebody you run with? Somebody I've run with. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be real anxious to check this out. All right. Well, if everything goes according to plan, you can talk to them yourselves. But like I said, we're gonna find out when we get to Redstone. And if none of you guys have anything else to say, I guess I'm gonna tell you to. To sit down, I might have some of you uh, move some things and turn some things, but you you seem like like good folks. Uh, we'll get there. Don't worry. The wayfinder never loses a way. That's what I always say. 
is well, there we're on water how easy is it for one of these ships to sink i've sailed this thing most of my life and i gotta tell you she's still with me is it is it impossible nope like i said there are some people with some very ill intent on this water but i'll i'm pretty sure i'm gonna make clear that unless there's some kind of outside influence i will get you the redstone no problem does she have a sister ship called the curd finder <laughs> we started just, early that's good that's good he he just rolls his eyes at that one and just, uh, any other questions <laughs> That's just getting a bit too cheesy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Alder starts pushing the boys on the bronze. Let's get going. Uh, maximum, but he, but, he is, but he is laughing now. Maximum dad energy. Come on, come on. Come on. Per, <laughs> per right. question: Does Wayfinder have crow's nest? Uh probably not. Uh, I would say that, that there really isn't a whole lot of use for it because the walls of the canal are pretty oh. insanely high. Okay. Uh, I will say that there is nothing that obstructs your view either fore or aft. So if you want to position yourself that way, if, you're, if your goal is to keep an eye on things, uh, that would be a good place to position yourself. Thoth's goal in general is to just not be on the ground. So if she has something there, she there can would climb, be, she will. There would be rigging. Up I go. Because because there are sails that need to be tended to and things that would need to get patched. So there would be rigging. There's just not going to be like a great place to sit up there when you get there. Other than the top of the sail. That's fine. She looks at Alder, nods. See you later, boss. And then just up. <laughs> So who who else among the group is really good at like observation or at uh, looking out for things? I don't even know that Thos technically is. She's more of a tracker than a lookout, but she just likes to climb. I can notice things pretty okay. How about Landis and Tamkeen? Uh, so so. Yeah, so so. The beautiful thing about this game is, is that it's not that somebody's awful. It just means that some people are better. You all will have the same shot. It's just that Braithwaite gets a little bit of extra edge on some things. So Braithwaite will will feel Alder's hand on his shoulder, and uh, he'll look towards the tarp where uh, this machine is held and then uh, looks out towards the, the canal and the water out that's, that stretches out towards Redstone. And he's, he says, I'm sure if you want to ask him about it, you can ask him about it. There's no harm in doing that. But I will need your eyes out here. You know how old I am. And uh, I don't see as far as I used to. So you and, uh, you and Thass will be my eyes, okay? All right. Okay, so we've got Thass up up yonder. Uh, does anybody else have anything especially that they want to be doing on this ship? Because right now, you're you are on the water. It's smooth sailing. 
Damish is doing his best to get you through everywhere, but he doesn't really seem to be working hard. It's just smooth sailing so far. Tam does take the opportunity to turn around to Alda and says, don't worry, Alda. Uh, if uh, if Thass needs any help up there, I'll, I'll go up. Don't worry. Thank you, Tam. It'll be good to make sure we have somebody to spot uh, you know, when we need to rest. Uh, proper shifts, boys and girl. We want to make sure that we're not uh, taxing our eyes and uh, our sleep patterns. Restful eyes or watchful eyes. So I'll head towards the uh, aft just to make sure no one's following us. As soon as I pass the captain, I'll ask, hey, what's under the tarp? <laughs> yeah, and he, he kind of leans in because he, he's not like super hiding it. But he also doesn't want it to be broadcast everywhere either. Uh, he kind of leans in. He goes, you know how I told you that there are some people who have ill intent? Let's just put it this way. If any of those folks come by, they might find a surprise under the top. Nice. Sounds like he has something ill intent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Landos, uh, I need you up on the, uh, the bow right now. <laughs> no, you got it. Let's just, I, there may be a reveal later or not, depending on how you boys want to do this. But because because Braithwaite has, has brought to that revelation to light, I will, you know, I'll leave it at that. Uh, should there be some call for action that 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 is needed? Um, yeah, he's Damish is never the guy to shoot first. He's not a guy who's not going to shoot, though. Uh, so does anybody have anything else? Otherwise, I'm going to go down the river a little bit. I'll help out with uh, some of the work on, on deck. Just, again, I mean, he's, he's old. You know, he's, I, I'm, I keep picturing him as uh, uh, looking a little bit like uh, um, Daniel Day-Lewis from There Will Be Blood, like at the very <laughs> end. That wasn't what I imagined when you <laughs> described this guy to me, but now that is all there is. That's all what there you is. just said has taken the place of everything that, uh, yeah, I just absolutely. Without, just without the, uh, the psychotic nature and stuff. Um, he's actually a, a fairly amiable and, uh, and loving guy, but, um, yeah. So I, he's just going to help out with, with chores on deck and depend on his, on his, uh, his team to keep eyes out. He's got faith in them. Okay. Um, so if Braithwaite is in the aft, uh, fast, just give me a intellect perception. Just you can tell me if you have assets. There we go. Um, I don't know that there's anything. Hmm. And. I, I will not do this the rest, but because this is kind of my, my tutorial chapter mm. of this little one shot, you can sell me on things. Don't feel limited to things that are on your sheet. Don't feel limited that you don't have a certain word or anything or a okay. certain trained in a certain stat. If you think there is something that you about where you are, what you've done, what you have, Okay. That would give you a benefit to this moment. Now is the time to tell me. 
I think for Thos, two things. One, being up high where she is always comfortable being, and then being a hunter who tracks prey. She's comfortable looking long distances for things. Uh, and then okay. D20, 18. Wow, you did not even need that asset that I was totally going to give you for that comment. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, you see another boat coming up the canal. Uh, it is not moving with all that much speed, but you can tell that upon viewing your boat, it has steered towards your direction. Like, there is usually enough room in this canal for multiple boats to make their way. This boat has seen you and it has interest in you. She I leans. Wonder if he's using, I wonder if he's using the same wind we're using. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was wondering how long it would take to get a Princess Bride reference. I'm glad we've done so so early. Uh, she leans backwards off the mast, boss, the, and she just points. We're being followed now. I'll look up and uh, and 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 give you a a, a well done nod. Uh, and uh, all right, everyone, uh, prepare yourselves. Not sure that is trouble, but you never know. Mm. Best to be prepared. Boss, give me the word, and I'll sink it. Uh, we'll hold that thought. I, I will say that. Not not everybody can see it, but you it's it's going to be easier to see it now that Fass has made the way clear. Um, it's not necessarily an aggressive move. Any of you who are used to being on the water would know this is not an aggressive mood. It is literally just, hey, there's a boat. We're going to head towards that boat. Okay. There's no you you don't see any kind of armament being readied. You don't see. You know any any adjustments to sails other than they're steering a little bit towards you now. Um, okay. I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, give a nudge to uh, to damage and ask uh, you recognize the colors. So uh, at this point, damage is going to look up. He goes, "What? Excuse me." Over yonder, coming across our bow. Ah, bugger all. All right, get ready. They're coming. Who exactly is they? Are they here to parlay or are they here to aggressively negotiate? Is neither and both at the same time an option? That's inspectors from Nibblich. I'm going to let any of you guys tell me if you're if, if if this is the first time you've been to Seshar, you may have never even heard of Nebelich. But Nebelich is basically if there's any section of the cities along this canal in this desert that are even close to anything that the steadfast has to offer, it's Nebelich. It it is a monarchy with a king and a queen. And thus, it has all the fun bureaucracy that comes along with it. They want to make sure that they know what's on the river, who's on the river, and if there's anything they should be worried about on the river. Thos almost certainly yeah. knows nothing about them. 
From what I hear, though, if you get the right inspector, they may be persuadable with a few shins. Have I have I heard correctly? You 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 may have heard correctly, but it is entirely dependent both on which inspectors you get and how you ply your persuasion. So I'm assuming Landis is is kind of our empath of the group. He uh, can read people pretty well. You, you know how I, I told you that I read your sheet and said, oh my gosh, you're going to kill everything I put in front of you? Yeah. I looked at Landis's sheet and went, oh my goodness, he's going to sweet talk everything I put in front of him. Good. Right. <laughs> Elder? Let me tell you just a couple of things about inspectors. Usually the ones that are looking to have their palms greased, it takes just a little bit of conversation and they'll let you know that they're out for cash rather than looking to, to hand out tickets, whether it's their pockets they want to line or the crowns. So it just takes the right conversation before they also start to push. So... We'll just see how this conversation goes. Okay. So this. I, 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 that's, that's, that's cool. I like it. <laughs> this is going to be where I do a little bit of introduction. Because I'm going to introduce you to a little mechanic known as the GM intrusion. Uh, the GM intrusion is a, is a tool for GMs in the Cypher system where I basically get to tell you, I'm going to hand you an experience. You can choose to give a second experience to whoever you want, either somebody that you're going to bring into this moment or uh, something about somebody who's just done something awesome that you want to celebrate. But Landis, this is a GM intrusion for you because I'm going to look at you and, and Damish upon hearing you speak as if you've had, you know, workings with these people before Damish is going to look at you and go, uh, look, um, Look, I'm not I'm not not familiar with the ins and outs of, of making this happen, but um yeah, I uh I'm a, I'm gonna need you to try and help me out here by making sure they don't even set foot on this boat. This is not the first time I've parlayed. So I pinched I, my I pinched my uh my nose between my thumb and forefinger. <laughs> Damish, Damish, is there is there something we need to be worried about that's on on the ship? Listen, listen. There's nothing to worry about, but there's something that you don't need to worry about, and there's something that Nebelich bureaucrats need to worry about. Those are two different things. Alder, I have a very special request. Don't ask questions that would force you to lie. Can we please do that? <laughs> I don't plan on talking at all. That that's that's going to be all you. But okay. I I look over at Damish and I I say I don't appreciate you putting my boys in trouble. Look, I'm the last one with boys in trouble that needs to be talking to Alder, because I mean we've already done that dance. Uh I I didn't know this was going to happen. And look, I. This this is a mission of mercy, and guess what? Missions of mercy don't put food in the in the hall. You 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 got to take on some extra work sometimes, and 
you know, it's it's nothing dirty. It's just, okay. it's just okay. okay. They 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 don't need to see it. All right. Uh, so I'm, Landis, I'll trust you to do your thing. Landis, you can mark off that you now have one experience, and I'm going to let you choose who you want to give the second experience to. And like I said, uh, it, it can either be for story reasons or just because they did something awesome already and you want to give them an experience. Uh, how about how about this? You let me know if this is a, if this is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, can can I give an experience to Tam Keen to give him more of an ability to jump in? Because I feel is, like some of us have had some voice time. And I want to give Tam Keen some 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 incentive to get some voice time or some more bandwidth to get some voice time is that is that fair it is it is your choice um the the second one is given out kind of as a celebration of of playing this game together um so like i said you can either tie it to the moment or just you're doing awesome things or i want you to do awesome things it's up to you who the second experience point goes to is that experience point a thing that we can use to do our intrusions as well Thank you for teeing me up for this <laughs> instructional moment. We didn't strip that at all. I was just, I was going to say it, but you, you teed me up great for it. Uh, experience points in Numenera are transactional. So there's a couple different things you can do with, with experience points. One, if you want an instant benefit, you can use, you can hand me back an experience point for a reroll on anything. Another thing you can do for an experience point is if later on in this game, I give you another GM intrusion and say, this is happening. You can hand me an experience point and says, no, it's not. Um, there are benefits, though, to holding on to experience. Now, this is a one shot. So unless anything carries over to some future hypothetical moment uh, for experience, allows you to increase things to get your tier up. So increase effort, increase edge, that sort of thing. Four experience points buys you that sort of thing. If I'm not doing my job properly if one of you has four experience points in a one shot. Two experience points, and you can, can basically say that you have a short-term benefit. Like, Oh, you know, I, I did a job here and I remember that this, this place is here or uh, this guy owes me a favor or something like that. It's a one-time short-term benefit that will help you move through whatever you're moving through. Three is a long-term benefit, which basically says, look, I'm in good with this organization. I, I have stuff going on. I have a, a job going on in this place. So they know me here, like that sort of thing. So experience points are very much transactional. They are not useless, even in a one-shot variant that we're doing here. So unless you guys have any other questions or things you want to do, I'm just going to have the boat pull up. (laughs) So if that experience point came my way, would I be able to spend it to um, bring in an old friend on that boat that is approaching us? If you had two of them, but you only have one of them, (laughs) but yes, for a short-term benefit, that would be the sort of thing that you could spend experience points on. They pull up and it happens to be my old buddy. So-and-so, but you only have one. 
So that buddy ain't here. <laughs> only, only the left half of your friend is here. <laughs> only one. Only he's <laughs> half. He's half the man he used to be. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the, the boat pulls up, and it. Even if you didn't get the tip off from Damish that this is a bureaucrat's boat, man, it just reeks of being a bureaucrat's boat. Like there is iconography all over everything, huge emblazoned emblems on all sorts of stuff. They want to like yell loud and clear. You know, we are a royal, uh, a royal envoy. Do not mess with us. You need to bow down to us. We know our stuff. You best pay attention. As they come within distance, I'm just eyeing up whoever looks like they're they're about ready to to try to board. As soon as we lock eyes, I take off my hat and in a deep bow and say, my lords in service of the crown, what is it that we can do? Uh, What is it that we can do to speed your job as quickly as possible? We are just humble servants of the crown and simple merchants on a voyage. Uh, you notice that that two of them standing, you know, on either side of the gentleman you're talking to, are armored guards. Uh, they they appear to be wearing a full full plate, and they are brandishing spike brandishing pikes, uh, a fitting weapon on a boat sort of venue. Uh, the person you're talking to adjusts his spectacles, quaffs his hair to the side. And brings out his clipboard. Excuse me. I've seen these theatrics all day. Can I please just get on the boat, take a look around? I'm sure it won't be a problem. We'll just get through this. And in fact, what we are trying to do absolutely is to create as little problem as possible in order to speed things along. Could we just, uh, if you would allow me to pass you our manifest, certainly you would need that to inspect, uh, to compare anything, uh, just to make sure you do your job thoroughly, but also um, as quickly as possible. And I'm sure we're more than happy to do whatever we can to to speed things along the way. you you hand him over the manifest, but but he doesn't even reach for it. He is just in. He is preparing his paperwork, but the guard does reach over and grab it and hands it to him. Uh, and he kind of just looks over to it, looks back to his paperwork, writes some things down. Copy. He's clearly just copying numbers and things, just making sure everything is up above board. And then he says. All right. I just need to make visual confirmation. And he's about ready. He is literally about ready face in his clipboard about ready to go onto the boat. Okay. So he's certainly not looking for it. So the question is, can we give him some bait? Um, I don't know just OOC. What would be um, not an offensive amount of money? Like, you know, if you, you know, if you hand, you know, a cop, you know, a $2 bill to not give you a ticket, you could be assured of getting a close-up look of, of that pepper spray, I'm sure. Um, okay. So I don't want to offend one way or the other. What, what, you know, I don't, could you meet my friend Benjamin Franklin, who is not, <laughs> you know, on a shim? Right. Um, 
how about this? Give me a, a perception, just an intellect check. It's up. To, I'm going to say that it's going to be. He's not really hiding anything. I'm going to make it a, a nine for your target number. It's up to you if you want to put effort or anything to it. I just rolled a ten. It makes me very happy. There you go. Uh, you're. This guy seems like he is old hat at this. Like he is not, you know, some wide-eyed idealist. He is somebody who's like, this is my job. I do my job. And on a good day, I just get to go home after doing my job. Um, you do get the impression, though, that while he doesn't care deeply about his job, he also seems to be like the way he the way he presents himself. He's very like hard angles and, and his uniform is crisp. Like he does take pride in being a, a good person who's good at his job. So bribing is not off the table. It's also not necessarily going to be like, if you make an ostentatious show of, you know, I'm only going to, I'm going to slip you a fiver. He's probably not going to, he's probably going to look at you and go, I'm not selling my honor for that. Like he, he looks like a man who cares. Just okay. he, he would just rather get on with his day than worry about you. All right. So it may offend the captain, but how distractible does he seem to be? Like, oh, this right over here is what you're looking for. This right over here is what you're looking for. Oh, pay no mind to Thass and what's what she what what she's standing directly in front of. Do you see Thass? Isn't she wonderful? You think that because he is just eyes on that clipboard. I'm, I'm not even going to make you roll on this because he is just eyes on that clipboard. He has barely looked up from it. All he cares about is the manifest and that the stuff on the manifest is correct. Okay. If you direct him immediately to what's on the manifest and say, that's it. You're pretty sure he's not going to do a hard look at anything else. All right, then I'm more than happy to guide our dear inspector in service of the crown. Here is this, which is listed on our manifest. And as you can see, we have the seven barrels of foodstuffs. This is some of the finest grain that we're happy to ship. And so on, so on, so forth. I will also, I will also tell you this. Damish would have shown you ahead of time. Like he's not hiding what he's, he's doing at least, um, at least not, you know, he, he, he's nervous, but he, he's mostly above board with you. He would have told you that the things that he's bringing, there are food and supplies like that, but the specific stuff he's bringing to the Aeon priests is medicine. And so we have seven barrels of sertraline, and we also have three barrels of antibiotics. We also have nine barrels of, that is a lot of Prozac, but I'm <laughs> sure that the priests need it. All right, fantastic. Let's keep going. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You actually kind of inadvertently, you're, you, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so uh, he, again. He, he looks at the manifest. He looks at the things you literally see him finger point count one, two, like, he, like he is, he is all about it. He makes sure the, the numbers and the, the words on his, the, on the manifest match what's there. He goes, fine, gentlemen, we're out of here. And he gets back on his boat and he says for, for, you know, for King and Queen and, and all that, 
and go on. Thank you, my lord. All in service of the king and queen. And he just kind of he kind of gives a half-hearted kind of like, yeah, yeah, bow, bow, whatever. <laughs> is there is there ever an opportunity for to like ask one of the one of the guards, kind of like a fire to fighter, like if there's any trouble down, you know, upriver? If you want to do that as a, you know, while that was happening, while that scene was playing out, this is also happening. I have no problem going back and, and running that. Yeah, so I, I think he'll, uh, Alder will look, I keep saying Alder. I looked at two of the, the two guards and just kind of sizing up to see which one might be more affable to share information, you know, glaive to glaive or, or however you want to term it. Oh, these, these boys are definitely glaives. Okay. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll ask as he's doing his counts, uh, I'll ask one of them, uh, pardon me, is there... Any information you can give about uh, any trouble upriver? Uh, depends. What kind of trouble you looking for? Uh, decidedly to avoid the trouble. Uh, this part of the canals, there's probably not much you're going to be able to avoid. It's either going to come at you or you're not going to see it. I will tell you. There have been reports. It seems like the hand is here. <sighs> okay. High numbers or just enough to put something against your throat that's a little edgy? Uh, we've seen... We've seen raiding parties that are small. We've seen... Nothing too big. They tend to to go hard and fast and bring home the rest, you know, to to their home to their home camp. But uh, yeah, no, you you might you might in fact bump into them. I, I I'd be surprised if you didn't. So just make you seem to know what you're doing. And he kind of eyes the 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 literal glaive, you know, strapped to your back. He's like, I hope you know how to use that. When the situation calls for it. But um, but thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. So uh, is there anybody that has anything they want to ask Damish, talk to Damish about, or do anything on the boat between, or are we just heading down the lane? I'll, okay. uh, I'll, uh, stay near the tarp. All right. Uh, it's mostly quiet. Again, Damish goes up and down these canals near daily. Uh, he has been, uh, on this, on this river for most of his life. He's been to Redstone before. So he even knows the idiosyncrasies of this particular part of the canal. But, uh, I'm just even going to just say this. I'm not even going to make anybody roll for this. You hear a sort of, it, it almost sounds like a turbine, a loud turbine. And upon hearing it, most of you are just like that. That seems confusing. Is there some kind of speed boat or something going on on the, the water? 
And uh, I'm going to have Damish uh, go, just, just literally go, Cripes! Get, get what you got. Anything. Pick it up. We got trouble. And he starts slamming down all sorts of different things, pushing buttons. And you actually see parts of the ship sort of like morph. Uh, not much. It's just literally enough to like pick up that one bit of speed that he wouldn't normally use. But now he's, he finds it of utmost necessity. Like the sails start coming down and you actually start seeing, you start hearing a motor in the back of his own ship. Um, he is going for broke and this would have been a surprise, but, uh, Alder decided to do some, some investigating. Uh, you see how many did I put in here? I, I said there are going to be three power of the hand Raiders. Um, this will be another moment where I'm going to ask you guys, uh, would you know anything about the local struggles that are here? I know, I know Alder, you kind of in character kind of pushed that you, when he said the hand is here, you kind of made it out that you kind of knew what they were about. If you want to, to, to go with Alder would know that I'll give you more information. I think if, I mean, if these are uh, sources of criminality, he would probably know something about them, especially if he wanted to settle in the area where he was looking for someplace quiet. Um, so it, it would just kind of be part of his nature to find out what are the dangers in the area that he can help with from time to time when he's not trying to uh, forcibly retire himself. Okay. So does anybody else think they'd have any kind of knowledge as to what, what you might be facing here? It depends what sort of bad guys they are, because uh, Tam has a, a unique gift set, shall we say, that he's been born with. And in the past, there has been criminal organizations try to get at him and get at his family. So it depends on whether they're that sort of criminal organization or not. What I Let me ask you this then. Where does Tam usually hang out? Like, where is Tam? Where's home for Tam? Is it literally like wherever Alder is or? Pretty much. Okay. So then I will leave it to Alder then. Give me kind of a home base for you guys. Because yes, it's possible that if you are trying to keep up to date with organizations that cause trouble, these guys might be on your radar, but only if you're fairly local, not necessarily to Seshar, but like the surrounding areas. Anybody who would have any reason to ever get on this canal has probably heard about the power of the hand. I think for Alder himself, that would probably be more along the lines of what he's heard of. Um, he'd be more concerned about if they found their way further inland. Uh, to you know, a small little homestead that he probably has. I kind of picture him living on a uh, kind of a scrub brush type place, just just uh, just on the edge of the desert, uh, where he can watch the sunrise, that sort of thing. Because you know, desert sunrises are beautiful. Um, but uh, I mean, he, I think I think he would he would probably say that the hand is an organization in the loosest terms because they're, if I remember correctly, out of character, they're freaking cannibals, right? Uh, yeah, you, you do know this, that the power of the hand is, is a group of cannibals. Yeah. 
Uh, they live on the river. The reason they are called the power of the hand is because they have a habit of killing people on the river, bringing them back home, and eating everything of them except their hand because they believe that a person's hand gives them a certain power and magical effect. So I'll, I'll go up to Landis and say, I, I know a little about, about these guys, and I, I saw what we did with the inspector. So would it, would it help to talk to the hand? Thanks for listening to City on the Hill Gaming. For more information, you can find us online at cityonthehillgaming.com, email us at cityonthehillgaming at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at cityonthehillgame. For more information on saving the game, you can find Peter, Grant, and Jenny at stgcast.org or at Saving the Game on Twitter. Thanks, and have a blessed day.